Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 284 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com. Or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to my beautiful headphones that I'm obsessed with <laughs> at a special discount code. If you put in which 15, they will give you 15% off of these gorgeous beauty mess. Studio Regent White headphones, which I am loving. I tested them out on my turntable this weekend. I told you I would try to figure out the Bluetooth, and I totally lied. It was intimidating, and I I was busy having fun this weekend <laughs> with my son. But I did plug them into the new turntable, the record player I bought myself for Christmas, and I sat there going through my records and it worked awesome. So I'm very excited about that. I will, um, I'll read you a little something they sent me so I can be very professional and formal and tell you what these things are instead of just calling them my pretty new headphones. But that's how I personally feel about them. I also have to tell you why this episode is late. Uh, well, right now it is 4.05 p.m. This might not even go up until 6 I'll try to get it up by five. We'll see how long I chat here. But my show goes up every Tuesday at noon, most Tuesdays at noon, unless I'm taking the week off, which I haven't done in quite some time. Uh, But today, this morning, wow, I, (laughs) I, I hesitate to swear because if I even break the seal on that, I'm gonna swear the entire episode. My energy is low. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm a little worn out because this morning when I woke up, kind of all hell broke loose. My dad and my stepmom were coming to help me work on my house to shave my door and give me a doorknob, which I haven't had in my office door for a very long time, and hang up some hard-to-hang-up things all around the house, which is not that important, except... um I was going, this is already, oh, word of, where, oh, that's, this is why I'm tired. This is why I tell you I'm tired because my brain, just know this entire episode, my brain is not entirely there. I, I almost didn't do this at all because I just don't feel like myself today. Um, but I was having a, a lovely morning. I posted a question on Instagram about, what would your superpower be if you could have a superpower? And it was so cute and fun, like reading everybody's superpowers and answering them back about what mine would be and stuff. And I was having a fine time. I was waiting for my dad to to drive down from Bakersfield when I got a call from Tanner's program at 840 saying, where's Tanner? Why isn't he here? Is he not coming in today? 
He was picked up at 7.20. It's a 20-minute drive to his program. Sometimes it takes longer because they have to drop other people off, but never that long. And so I'll make a long story short, (laughs) but uh, we all went into panic because nobody knew where Tanner is. A cab picks him up in the morning, either a van or a cab, through a company that's kind of like Uber for people with special needs, and they are tracked um, somewhat through the company, and it scares the crap out of me. I'm just going to be honest, because every time it's a different driver, and this is Los Angeles, and it's very weird sending my super vulnerable, innocent kid out into the world every day in a cab in this big, bad city. And this has happened before for like 15 minutes, and I thought it was the longest 15 minutes of my life that my son was missing. Today it went on from 8.40 to 10 o'clock. About 9.30, I thought it was over because they said we found him and he should be at his program in a couple minutes. So I went on Twitter to tell everybody like, okay, the podcast is definitely not going up at noon. I am shaken. I am a mess. So you all are going to have to wait. It'll go up later. And, uh, but it wasn't over. He still was missing all the way until 10 o'clock. I got more calls. He's still not here. We don't know where he is. Every time I called the dispatch center, we got a different story and it started sounding really shady and very strange. And I was shaking so hard I couldn't walk. (laughs) So for from 8.40 to 10 o'clock, what is that? An hour and 20 minutes, I was completely freaking out um, on the phone with people trying to find my son. You know, your whole life flashes before your eyes. You worry I worry like something horrible is happening to him and talk about the sacred bitch. (laughs) I was like, get your supervisor on the phone. Get your supervisor's supervisors on the phone. This is not good enough. How are you screening these people? Where, what happened to him in the two hours he was missing? And you know, all of this stuff, apparently they were going in circles with the broken GPS and the guy was dropping off other clients while Tanner just rode around in the backseat of his car for a couple of hours. So Tanner was not distressed or worried. My son, he just really had to pee when he finally got to his program. I, on the other hand, I still don't feel like myself. So it scared the crap out of me. And then, you know, maybe you don't know if you've ever been in a situation where your adrenaline is really going, you're like in action mode, you know, heads are rolling, you're making things happen. And, uh, you might, I shake a lot. I was like super shaking. Like I said, I like couldn't walk across my dining room. I was like, Whoa, like thinking that I was going to fall down. I was shaking so hard, but, but you're hyper lucid, like hyper aware and trying to make things happen as fast as I can. And then when it's all over, you have a big crash. That's when the time is to cry (laughs) or just to fall apart. Or to feel really tired. But right around that time is when my dad and my stepmom got here and we had to do work on the house. So now I've, I'm drained and I've got not much to give, but I will give every ounce of what I have left to you right now. Happy new moon in Capricorn. Happy new moon in Capricorn. What's interesting is this is part two of... 
a Q&A, ongoing Q&A series based on a survey I sent out at the end of 2017. And part one actually happened when Saturn entered Capricorn. And you'll know I'm all about Saturn and Saturn rules Capricorn. So I'm very excited about this new moon in Capricorn. And I think it's very interesting that the first episode with this Q&A series happened um, when the sun entered Capricorn, and now the second one is on the new moon in Capricorn. And I am going to answer some of your questions, but I wanted to share with you, do you know the astrologer Sonia Francis? I interviewed her years and years ago when I used to interview people on video. Um, You can find her on YouTube. Her name is Astrology Coach. That's easy to find, Astrology Coach. Her, Her name is Sonia Francis. And uh, as I was straightening up my home this morning, waiting for my dad to get here, I was listening to her spiel on this new moon in Capricorn, and I was taking notes like the first 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm supposed to be cleaning, and here I am with my little book of symbols taking notes because I loved some key things she said, and I thought you all might like it too. One thing she said... um, is that Capricorn is about the quest for mastery on the physical plane. And that really resonated with me in terms of the work I've been doing with Saturn. The quest for mastery on the physical plane. And then a question she has you ask yourself is, what is my relationship to the physical? And do I respect the laws of matter? The laws of matter. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about before, if it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't become matter. That's a manifestation thing, right? And, uh, you know, what matters to you is what you're going to really invest your energy in. And that's a really key component to the manifestation process. And it's something that's really worth thinking about right now as the, the new moon in Capricorn, the first new moon of the year, Uh, It's a great time to plant seeds and set intentions, especially if you had maybe a false start at the new year. This is a really good one to to do that kind of work around. And then something else she said that I love, and then I will move on, I promise, to your your questions, was um, Capricorn is about soul development. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. What, What does she mean by that? And then she went on to explain that it's about going from being like a young soul kind of to an old soul. So when you're a young soul, when you're very, very new, when you're brand new to this planet, it's all about instincts and survival, survival on the physical plane. And there can be a lot of fear around that. And then as if you hang around, you start to like develop more, you mature And then Capricorn becomes kind of the old soul, the one who's been here for a while, who's been around the block. You have a sense of certain sense of mastery. So then Capricorn becomes about ambition and goals and rewards. And then she goes on to talk about an even higher level on that, a spiritual level. You can go watch her video if you want to see all of that. But um, that really resonates with me because when I was younger, You know, she asked, do you respect the laws of matter? And I so did not. I threw my body around, (laughs) both in gymnastics and then later when I was in a band, uh, with such disrespect. 
I hurt myself a lot. Um, and I did not respect money. I didn't care about money. I didn't learn about money. I had no mastery of the material realm whatsoever because I think I was afraid of it. I pretended not to care about it. I was so spiritual. I was intellectual. I was spiritual. I was all up in my upper chakras. And which was, in, it's interesting. If you live that way, you might have a lot of physical accidents, which I have had. And I think that is the universe kind of like being like, yo, hello, you are in a body. Look around. Look at your space. Look where you are. Like you have to take care of yourself at this level too. And as I have matured and I have come to work with Saturn, Capricorn, that kind of grounding physical energy, my life has gotten so much better, <laughs> so much better and soulful. I thought it was interesting that she said that Capricorn is about soul development because I think about our bodies and our homes being connected to soul and that our soul expresses itself through our bodies and our homes. And those are very physical, manifest, material things. So just had to have that little new moon and Capricorn moment with you because I feel like it. Because I feel like it. Um, and then I'm just going to hop into the questions. I might skip some questions if I feel like, oh, because sometimes that can be really daunting. I just, I don't know what questions I cut and pasted. I just cut and pasted like six off the survey and, and put them here on this <laughs> PDF I'm staring at. So uh, it'll be a surprise to me and you as we go along. So here is the first one. Question. How can you speed up the counseling process through PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder? What personal development techniques are there to help others through this? I am seeing a bereavement counselor and a psychosexual counselor too. But I'd just like some further tips or techniques to reclaim myself, my confidence, and my sexuality again. That is so huge. And it feels like a big responsibility answering that question. You might be answering that because you're asking that because you've heard me talk about something similar. I'm going to assume maybe, yes, that's why. Because I did go through something similar. But um, I just want to say, I am not a doctor. I will share with you what worked for me. But every situation is different. And I'm not really sure why you're seeing the bereavement counselor, or the psychosexual counselor, or why you got PTSD. It might be different than mine. And I just think we're all so unique. The first thing I would say is it's awesome that you have those two counselors to work with. And... What really helped me move the process quickly was I did every single thing, <laughs> every assignment I had, I did it like wholeheartedly, like a total nerd, like tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then I would come back the next session and be like, okay, I did it. What's next? And so I, I just threw myself into that. Uh I don't want to have this influence you at all, but I refrained from going on any kind of medication, but I had had a long history with personal development and spiritual work, and I felt like I felt like I already had the tools to handle it. I just needed I just needed a little bit of help over the hump. So that's where I was with it. 
the two things that helped me, uh, without revealing my story, I will just say I used a combination of exposure therapy and EFT. So I went, kind of everything was triggering to me at first when I first got post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, it was sexually related. And so when I went out into the world, I was like hyper aware of all the like sexy girls, like young girls and um, the way people dress and billboards and magazines and how sexual our culture is and kind of everything was triggering to me. So that was really hard at first. Um, but then ultimately what I did is I went to a, the site that was the most triggering for me. And I sat there in my car practicing EFT, emotional freedom technique. Some people call it tapping, which is accurate. You're tapping on meridian points on your face and your chest and the palms of your hand. You'll have to Google or go to YouTube and look for EFT videos if you don't know what EFT is. I think probably most of you do. Um, but then... Basically, what you're doing is you are going beyond the conscious mind and reprogramming your nervous system in a way. So you're like tapping on certain points and you're saying, you're kind of talking yourself through it. You can do affirmations or something that I would have said in that situation was uh, maybe tapping on my forehead. I would say, even though my heart is racing and I feel like I can't breathe, I know that I am perfectly safe right now. I am safe. All is well in this moment, which was a true statement. I was safe in my car. Nothing bad was happening. I was fine. So I sat there and did that for a very long time until I felt calm, until the feeling moved through me. And it, I guess it manifested in me in, speaking of shaking, in shaking and feeling nervous and very cold. I would get like, freezing cold and shaking at the same time. And so I was able to calm myself that way. And then I just kind of used EFT, you know, all throughout my day when I could do it uh, in a subtle way that didn't call attention to me. Um, and then a book that really, really, really helped me. And uh, these are both super woo-woo tips. Again, like that's why I'm saying, you, please don't take this as medical advice. I'm just sharing what worked for me. And um, But it is Anodia. Anodia? Is that how you say her name? Judith's book, Eastern Body, Western Mind. I just, again, I really like threw myself into that book. Like it became my Bible and I did everything the book said to do, and it really, really, really helped me. It's a book about the chakra system, but it really gets into a lot of psychology and where wounding happens in us and how that manifests and stuff. So that's what I did. I wish you tons of love and luck. I am so happy that you're determined to move through your situation quickly, like, Hang on to that. Keep looking for ways to move through it quickly and know, know this, because this is something that people would tell me, you know, oh, post-traumatic stress disorders forever. Once you have it, you have it. And I never accepted that. Every time I heard that, I would just say to myself, that's not true. That's not true. Maybe that's true for other people. That is not true for me. And I worked with the counselor 
well, things got pretty bad before I started working with her, but it took about three months of working with the counselor intensely in the way I was saying before I was, I felt good, (laughs) pretty good. And I would say there were maybe a handful of triggering, triggering moments since then, but nothing that had me spinning out. I would just be like, Ooh, I think this is triggering. Like I could talk about it, you know, and be like, Oh, this is making me feel a certain way. This kind of triggers me. Uh, yeah. And so that is how it went. And I am a very happy when my son is not missing for two hours, first thing in the morning, calm person. So I I believe that you can get there too. And it's going to be the way you get there is going to be unique to you. So, um, more power to you and much love that that one's really personal I can't believe we're starting with something so intense, but there you have it. Okay, so the next question. Oh, this is so common. (laughs) Almost every coaching client ever, I would say not 70% of the coaching clients I've worked with have this issue. I used to too, so maybe this is why I attract these people. (laughs) The question is how to focus when you have too many ideas. I think very, very creative people have this issue anyway, And now we live in the information age where we are like overstimulated with every kind of entertainment, information, all the things that stimulate ideas, you know, that are out there. So it's perhaps some kind of creative epidemic that is happening. (laughs) The thing that I like to tell people to do is get yourself an idea book uh, and something that you love to look at that's special and write, let every single idea have a life. Because what happens is when people have this going on, like how do you focus when you have too many ideas? They try to do all the things or they just continually abort, abort, abort mission, abort mission. Oh, that's not really what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Actually, this is what I want to do. Nope, nope, nope. This is what I want to do. So the trick is getting yourself to commit to one idea and seeing that through to completion, to telling yourself, I am a finisher. I finish what I start. But you have a place of honor for all your other ideas. And this does a couple of things. One, it satisfies that part of your brain that is like, oh, but this is such a good idea. What if I forget it? Well, you're not going to forget it if you write it down in your idea book. And two, a lot of times just giving life to your idea on a piece of paper, writing it out, maybe drawing some little pictures or something around it is enough. It's satisfying in and of itself because if you're super creative and you have tons and tons of ideas, you probably won't get to all of them in this lifetime. And just the act of putting them down in a place of honor is just being like, I honor you. I see you there. I might get to you one day, but right now I'm working on this other thing. So here, here's a place of honor in my life. I'm going to write you down in pink and purple ink with stickers. And yes, you're awesome. You are awesome. (laughs) But just not right now, okay? And uh, it's really fun to flip through your idea book years later and be like, oh my gosh, I totally did ended up doing that thing. Or you just laugh like, that was not a good idea, was that? <laughs> like, why did I think that was a good idea? Some ideas are really timely, like, 
you know, they seem really outdated when you go back and look at them. But yeah, I would just work on making a place of honor to contain all of those ideas. And then in addition to that, work on becoming a finisher. I finish what I start. That's a good affirmation. Uh, Okay, so next question. I've been listening to your podcast for the past year and catching up on old episodes. It's been a huge huge eye-opener. So first, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It always makes me nervous when people say they're listening to old episodes. I'm like, what did I say? I don't even know. Do I still agree with myself? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for saying that. Anyway, you said, I've realized that I've been manifesting part of my life over most of my life. What are some things, oh, this is fun. What are some things that you've manifested this year that you are proud of? So I, that's a 2017 question because I sent this out at the beginning of December. So things I have manifested in 2017 that I am proud of. You know, I made a, a list and it is long. It is long. I'm getting really good at this manifestation stuff, you know? <laughs> it was pretty cool seeing all of the things that we got to do this year. And when I say we, I mean me and my son. What I realized is that the most important manifestations to me are, I I really value experience over things. And I really love to do things with my son and, and kind of adventure with him. So the two biggest things were going to the Wizarding World, Universal Studios Wizarding World, and Boston and Salem for our birthday. I had to save up money for both. I had to earn extra money for both. And there was a long anticipation period. And uh, I really had to stretch myself financially. And that's the farthest out my son and I have ever traveled before, going to Boston and Salem and all of that. So both felt really awesome. <laughs> like, And every year I'm expanding and more and more and more that way. But it's still just thrilling when it happens and when I happen. Those are deliberate creations. And that's what's so fun about manifesting and magic and deliberate creation, whatever you want to call it, is that the more often you do it, the better you get at it. And so I am at that place in my life right now and I'm really enjoying it. So thanks for asking that. What are your top five daily oh what are your top five daily habits that combine magic, law of attraction, and personal development that you would suggest a newbie to start with to immediately improve their life? Also, could you give more examples of shadow work? <laughs> so basically Here we go. This is going to be a 10-hour podcast. That is a lot. Five daily habits that combine magic, law of attraction, personal development, and more tips on shadow work. I will say this. I I am creating a shadow work audio series that will be coming out soon. So I am sure that... As with everything, every time I have a product, right, if, if it's a product about shadow work, I will be talking all about the shadow when that is ready to go. So you will hear me talking about that on the podcast, and I will definitely, I'm sure, give lots of cool free, t- free tips about that here on the podcast and in videos and stuff. So that's happening soon. So I will just say, you know, put a, put a bookmark there. That's coming up. <laughs> um, five Daily Habits. Hmm. 
I'm just not prepared for this. <laughs> Five habits that combine magic, law of attraction, and personal development. Here's what I would say about that. If you are completely new, because you're saying this is a question for a newbie. If you're new, I would recommend starting with just one and one thing. And that would be walking the wheel of the year for an entire year. Because you are going to learn so much in that time. Uh, Every six weeks or so, there's a turn of the wheel. There's eight. So you have the four seasons and then a transition in between each of the four. You know, there's eight points on the wheel. So there's four transition points and then eight kind of peaks of the season moments. And in learning, you know, each time a a point of the wheel comes up, you learn all about that. You study that. You learn about maybe Wicca or what traditionally that, that point on the wheel used to mean. But you can also really get into how does this time of year feel to me. You can go out in nature and start thinking about the symbolism of that. And if you really meditate on each season, you will learn so much about all the things you're asking about. You'll learn so much about life and magic and personal development and the aging process and the manifestation process, the life of a relationship. Everything starts to, you start to realize like nature isn't a metaphor for all of these things. Nature is the template. This is how the world works. It's fascinating It's a really fun practice and it involves all the bells and whistles if you want it to. You know, you can do a ritual for every sabbat, which is a turn of the wheel. Um, Or you can just keep it real simple. I I have something called the psycho-spiritual wheel. It's for people that don't want to learn about, maybe they already have the god and goddess mythology associated with each turn of the wheel. People who aren't Wiccans. I just wanted to create something that was psycho-spiritual about the psychology and the spirituality of each turn. So you can keep it very much just about that or just about nature or a combination of it all. So much to learn. So I would just say start there. Just give yourself a dedicated, starting right now, you don't have to start. There's no start date. (laughs) You just start right now. So the next turn of the wheel will be Imolk or what I call the spring transition. And, and then you just go around for a year. I, I found once I did that, I did a dedicated year using Marion Green's book, A Witch Alone, and uh, Christopher Ping- Penzak's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft. Both those books at the same time, and then just nature. I loved um, Annie of Mirth and Reverence, her videos, and... It was, I, I, I hand illustrated like two big pages in my book of shadow for each turn of the wheel. And I had a blast doing it. And then I found once that first year was over, I didn't want to get off. So this is still a main part of my practice and something that I do that is so layered, like I was saying. So I would say start there if you're brand new. Um... And before I get too far into this, too, I, I 
I said on Saturday's evening post that I'm breaking the seal on monetization by accepting these headphones from that company studio, but I actually, um, they're not paying me to talk about them. They just gave me the free headphones <laughs> and said, if you like them, share them with your people, um, a couple times on your podcast. And so I'm like, well, I love them and I was totally happy to do that. So what I should have said is I'm breaking the seal on sponsorships. I'm thinking about other sponsorships. You might have seen me post 2 million and 42 times on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere about my beloved mushroom coffee, <laughs> which is uh, from a company called Four Sigmatic. I ordered over $200 with their mushroom coffee for them uh, last week because I wanted this free book that they were giving away to people that order more than $200. And I was like, I know I will drink that all because I drink it every single morning. So I'll just stockpile it and I'll get the free book. It's like the healing power of mushrooms. It's a recipe book and I want that book and I already will drink that much coffee. So I'm, I'm, I bought it all. And then I heard... Like a couple days later from a rep over there saying, you know, like, oh, I'm sending you a little gift in the mail. I think she didn't specify why I think the gift is just for being a loyal customer, which I totally am. I've given them lots of money and blabbed all over the place about how awesome they are. And then, and then I just about died when the free gift came. It was like, I want to say like 30 bucks of free coffee, like a new version of their coffee mushroom coffee, and these two cute little Amanita pins that I put on my apron for when I'm cooking, and then a mug that I'm obsessed with because it says everyday magic on it. And I had just agreed to to um, accept the headphones from Studio and talk to you about them. And so I had broken the seal on sponsorships and things like that. And I was like, you know what? Four Sigmatic has a has an affiliate program. I should totally look into that. So that happens sometimes with me. Like I say no, like every time somebody asks me to do like a sponsored podcast or to give their product a review, I would always say no, 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 no for years until one day I just had intuition and I said, yes. And then it just kind of broke the seal. And I immediately started thinking about like, dude, like, why not? Why not? Like, I could just talk about the things that I'm crazy about, you know? Like, so I might actually sign up for Four Sigmatic's affiliate product because that would be rad. I love them. I talk about them for free all the time anyway. Um, and maybe like Audible because I'm really into the Audible books right now. And I know they sponsor podcasts and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm feeling it. I think I'm feeling it. That's how I got into coaching too. I said no. People, after the podcast had been running for not even a whole year, right, people started saying, can I hire you for one-on-one -on -one coaching? And I would always say, no, I'm not a coach. I don't do that. And people kept asking, like all different people. And I told my mom one day like that this was happening. She goes, well, you should just say yeah. Say yes. And so I decided the next person that asks, I'm going to say yes. And I can't remember if it was the very next day or a couple days later. I think it was the very next day. I got one of those emails and I said yes. And the rest is history. I've been coaching every since, ever since. So um, timing 
is such a thing I have noticed. I don't know what that's about. It's kind of mysterious why I'm just like, no, 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 no. And then one day I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that's what happened with Studio. Um, but because I was tired and did not have a lot of faith in myself and being able to properly tell you about them, I just literally cut and pasted what the rep told me about the company and I'll just tell you about them in his words so I don't screw this up, okay? So Studio is like studio without the T. And it is a Swedish company that makes pretty, pretty, pretty headphones. <laughs> uh, but this is what he said. He said, the Regent, which is the kind I got. I got the Regent white and it has gold hardware. It's very pretty. Oh, let me also correct something I said. I was talking about how the packaging is so beautiful. And it looks like maybe like if you order high-end cosmetics or something. And then he said, or if you've ever ordered something from Mac, and I think that was maybe confusing. You might have thought I was talking about Mac, the cosmetic company, but I was actually talking about Apple. If you've ever ordered something from Apple, the way it comes packaged, like that is how these headphones came packaged. And I, to me, unboxing it was so, I should have done it on video. I was just too greedy and too excited and um, but it would have made an awesome unboxing because it's so fancy. Uh, anyway, so this is what they say. The Regent is our premium on-ear model with impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and well-balanced sound. With 24 plus hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life, the Regent is the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. Um, he goes on to say, I'm not going to read all this because I want to get back to your questions, but that it'll connect to any device that has Bluetooth, but which I love, there is an auxiliary cord if you don't use the wireless option. And that is how I'm talking to you right now. I am plugged into my microphone. Uh, I don't really know what this is because I guess I'm not very technologically inclined. You can also personalize your Regent interchangeable caps, such as white or black marble designs. Yeah, I don't know what that is, what the caps are. I'm going to have to dig back through my box. Um, but that is the one, that's what I'm wearing right now, the Regent, their headphones, but they also sell earbuds that look really cool. So that is what they're doing their whole company motto is about bridging the gap between, you know, like if you go by headphones, you often have to choose between is it cute and stylish or is it, you know, good sound, good quality sound? Is it technically sound? And they're bridging the gap between the two. They're like, why can't we have both? So that is what Studio is all about. It's like really beautiful Scandinavian design that actually sounds good. Because hello, that's actually the purpose. <laughs> so there's that. They provide free worldwide shipping. And we, this also makes them cool, I think. They gave us a discount code of 15% off. But what I love about it is the word witch is in it. <laughs> and any headphone company that is not afraid of the word witch is the headphone company for me. So our discount code is witch15. So if you follow the link wherever, there'll be a link on my blog and a link on Blog Talk Radio. You can, you can look at them and see if you like them. Okay, so moving on to... I'm going to do a few more questions, but I can see... It's 4.42 right now. This is not going up by five, clearly. Okay. Oh, okay. I want to change my career from banking to medical. 
but lack the medical experience that most people want. I need someone to take a chance on me to show I am a fast learner and some of my customer service slash clerical skills from banking will bleed over. So I'm assuming you're not talking about operating on people. <laughs> That's what the long pause was about. It was like, I don't have the medical experience most people want. I think you're talking about office work. That's what it sounds like. How can I use magic or LOA to manifest this as well as a side business for a podcast slash blog slash tarot. I would love to be my own boss and not have to worry about how I can afford daycare and have to pay to be away from my children. I completely relate to that about uh, <laughs> daycare is expensive and so much of your paycheck ends up going to daycare that it's almost like, what am I working for when all of my paycheck is going to daycare? And it's hard to be away from your kids all day. So I totally relate. I would say, this is kind of a theme now in this podcast. I would say you're looking to move industries from banking to medical, and you want someone to take a chance on you so that you can develop in a new field, I guess, right? That takes time. Like whoever is going to take a chance on you, they're probably going to give you like lower level tasks and then you want to show them you're a fast learner, right? And bring all the skills you have to that table. But that is a process. Then you say, in addition to that, you want a side business for a podcast and a blog, I think, talking about Tarot. This is where the law of attraction, you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot, for lack of a better metaphor right now, um, because you're actually saying, I want two totally different things. There's no focus, and each of those things are going to require a period of building. I suspect starting your own business is going to be the more difficult of the two, you know, to get to a place where you're profitable and can quit your job and be home with your kids. But that's a possibility. Lots of people do it. I've done it. I, a lot of my friends have done it. So I know it's possible. And so I would say in these two situations, um, you need to pick one. Like which is the most important to you? If you're going to be using magic and the law of attraction, you need to set a clear intention so that the universe can meet you halfway and your all your energy is focused on one thing and going in one direction. It might be interesting to think about, I mean, do you care about this career that you're in? Is that something you can podcast about or blog about to establish a reputation or the perception of some kind of expertise? Is there a way to combine the two? Um, so I would really spend more time with this and really think about what is the end goal is the most important thing to you that you can quit your job and afford daycare so you can stay home or so that you can stay home with your kids and not have to pay daycare. It might be worth then sticking with your job and slowly building a business on the side instead of leaping from one industry to the next. Does that make sense? Uh, if the 
if you're more concerned with, well, if I had more money, I would be able to pay the daycare and it wouldn't be a problem, then maybe you would make the career leap. So it's something to really think about focus. Like even trying to talk to you about this, I feel like probably I've lost people already because these are two completely different things. Um, working in the office and starting your own podcast or blog, which it sounds like you want that to be a business. It's very hard to, to create a side hustle when your main hustle is such a hustle. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and the way magic works and the way law of attraction works is, is specificity and focus. So pick one or the other and really, really pour all of your energy into that. And I send, I'm sending you all my best vibes right now that you can get a lot of clarity around this and really think about what the end goal is. If, if being home with your children is the most important thing to you, there might be a faster route to get there than, than the story you're telling yourself about it right now. So I would, I would spend some time focusing on that. Okay, hope that's helpful. This is running long. Sorry about that. How can you support people in defining and working towards their own health goals when imbalance has become a serious addiction? You know, I don't really understand this question. So if you're listening right now and this is your question, can you please email me and clarify this? How can you support people in defining and working toward their own health goals when imbalance has become a serious addiction? I guess that throws me. What kind of imbalance has become an addiction? Because I think of an addiction as an imbalance. So I, I guess because I don't understand the question, I can't quite answer because I don't really understand what you're asking me. So if you can clarify that, that would be awesome. Just a general idea looking at this, I would say in terms of supporting people and defining and working toward their own health goals, their own is an important part of that sentence is like, we're each responsible for our own health goals, unless you're talking about being a parent to a small child um, or a guardian of somebody that needs assistance. Um, but as adults, we're all responsible for our own health goals. So the best that you can do is be supportive when they're expressing their desire to work toward their goals and otherwise just not say anything at all because what you'll probably end up doing is creating resentment and resistance and, and driving them away a little bit or involving yourself in a codependent situation if you're talking about addictions and imbalance. So the best you can do is be super supportive when they say, hey, I'm working toward this. Be the cheerleader for sure. And then lead by example. Like focus on your own health. Focus on being a model of health and, and then just be there for whoever it is that you're trying to be supportive of whenever they need somebody to lean on. Um, so if you want me to flesh that out more, you got to be more specific with what you meant with imbalance has become a serious addiction because I'm not really sure what you meant by that. But I hope something I said was a little bit helpful. Okay, how can I shift the paradigm of not being good enough for my parents and having disappointed them? Any practical exercises? 
Now I live thinking that I'm less than other people and I'm jealous when other people achieve something and I don't. I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm assuming you're an adult. And I would say a good way to shift the paradigm of not being good enough for your parents and having disappointed them is to start recognizing that the truth in that is that you're, you don't feel good enough for yourself. You don't feel good enough and you feel like you're disappointing yourself because what happens is we take on those patterns and they become our own truths and we live them out. And we end up taking on the voices of our parents in our own mind and punishing ourselves for a long, long time. So it's really, this is going to be a process from everything that I can tell and know of life. It involves forgiveness, forgiving your parents for making you feel that way, accepting responsibility for the fact that as an adult, nobody can make you feel anyway, that the way you feel on some level is a choice and that you can choose to feel a different way. And even saying that, that might be really triggering for you and I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying to shift the paradigm with you here, um, <laughs> like you were saying. And when you shift the paradigm about around, I'm not good enough for my parents, I'm disappointing my parents, to I'm not good enough for myself, I'm disappointing myself, then you're taking your power back. Even though those are disempowering statements, it at least presents to you the power of choice because then you can say, well, I don't like that. I want to be good enough for myself. I don't want to disappoint myself. I want to be proud of myself. So then you are able to start crafting some affirmations, right? Like, I am so proud of myself. I love and approve of myself exactly as I am. If you can do it, try looking at yourself in the mirror and, and talking to yourself, which is a very strange thing to suggest, but it's really powerful. If you can just look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am so proud of you. I'm proud of you. You're a good person. You're a beautiful person. I love and approve of you exactly as you are. And then you can start asking yourself questions too. Like at the beginning of the day, what's one thing I can do today to be proud of myself, to make me feel proud of myself? What's one thing that I can do today? And then when you end your day, you can start asking yourself questions like, what, what did I do today that made me feel proud of myself or that I really approve of? And again, this is a process. This is, this is going to be a process. When you're dealing, you said parents, plural. So that, that implies at least two, right? <laughs> and when you're dealing with that depth of programming and our parents we take on in such a deep personal way, you just have to accept that it's a process. So you just want to keep acknowledging like every day I'm getting better and better. I'm getting better at this. I'm approving of myself more. I'm feeling better. It might require if your parents like to shame you and make you feel like they're judging you, even to this day, it might require learning to stand up for yourself and to set boundaries and say, you can't talk to me that way. This, that's actually not true. Um, so there are so many different layers of this. And I would just say enjoy the journey because if you completely commit to it, it's only going to get better from where you are now. 
right now is as bad as it's ever going to be if you completely commit to shifting that paradigm and getting to the place where you know deep down inside that you're good enough and you completely, you not only approve of yourself, you love and adore yourself. If you're getting a little bit closer and closer and closer and closer to that with each passing day, it's only going to get better from here. So see if you can find a way to get curious about how to make that happen, look into forgiveness work, look into affirmations, all the usual woo-woo cliches. They're cliches for a reason because they work and they've worked for lots of people. Um, If you can get curious, it doesn't have to be a torturous experience. It can actually be enjoyable. I've enjoyed my ride. There have been plenty of tears along the way, but every little aha moment has been enough to keep the momentum going and to keep it really fun and exciting for me. So that is what I would would suggest. Look at shifting the paradigm first for yourself about how you feel about yourself. Maybe do that with a little bit of space between you and your parents And then you can start practicing expressing that to them anytime they try to reflect the old paradigm back at you. Okay, last question. Do you have any kind of regular routines that help you on top of your game, that help keep you on top of your game in all areas of your life, health, money, relationships, etc.? Or are you more a go-with-the-flow, balance-is-a-myth kind of person? Um... I have to say I've skipped a lot of questions because they generally are like, what's your favorite magic spell? How, you know, what are your favorite magical routines? And I feel like I've already answered that. Um, But I will answer this one because it's a little bit different. Uh, Let's see. So I am going to be doing a video on the day planner that I've been using. I think I'm going to do a few this year so I can just share... It's a new planner I've been working with called the Full Focus Planner. And so I want to do little check-ins all throughout the year just to share it with you all and to give my review because people are so curious about that stuff. But working with my planner is one of the major ways that I keep it all together. And it's my routines are very much a part of my planner, I should say, is very much a part of my routines. And there is a section in the full focus planner, the one I'm working with, that actually has you write out a morning and evening routine, as well as routines at the start and end of your workday, which is something I kind of already did, but it was interesting writing it all out. So I'll definitely be talking about that in that video. And, uh, And then aside from planner stuff, I would say that I have certain routines and habits in place to provide structure and a bit of ceremony, like lighting a candle at the beginning of the day and then blowing it out at the end of the day, for example. I have those in place to provide structure, and then within that structure, I am free to create. So I guess it's a little bit of both. It's not one or the other. Um, I go with the flow and I'm into structure. Structure actually creates freedom in many ways. It facilitates it. So once you have programmed a certain habit or routine like deep into your system, it becomes automatic. And then that that is deeply relaxing and comforting, which facilitates, again, creativity. 
So important things get done almost on autopilot, like the important daily things you need to get done, the things that you can just do on autopilot, those get built into routines, those get done, and then that ends up freeing a lot of headspace because you don't have to think about it. You're just doing it automatically. And the three areas you mentioned are health, money, and relationships. And I guess of the three, health and money definitely have their routines, but I don't think my relationships do, unless you count the things I have to do for my son. Um, no, my relationships don't have any kind of routine. I just let those breathe. You know, I, 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 I am open and flowy with the relationships. So, <sighs> sometimes I finish these podcasts and I, it's just like a blackout. I'm like, what did I just say? Did any of this make sense? And today is probably the most I have ever felt that because I was tired. So <laughs> if you guys made it to the end of this, bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you so much for the well-wishers on Twitter. Those of you who saw that uh, I was in a panic this morning, Tanner is fine. He is home right now watching his favorite show, Loud House, while I record this. And uh, all is well. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.